solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Rams and Locked On Texans listeners, welcome back to another episode here at both podcasts. As you guys can probably tell if you're watching on YouTube, it's another crossover episode. The Rams, the Texans getting ready to play in week eight. We got my man John Sport in the Kobe Bryant jersey. I like that. I was going to wear a Kobe jersey too, but funny enough. You should have did it, man. Yeah, yeah. We could have had the eight and 24. It would have been dope. But either way, (laughs) this is going to be a good game. Maybe not so much for Texans fans. I know it's kind of a, uh, a tough season right now. You don't, really, <laughs> you don't really know where everything's going, but at the same time, uh, the trade deadline's right around the corner. The Rams sitting at 6-1, and one, the Texans at 1-6, and six, kind of going through this rebuild. So uh, it's going to be fun to break this game down. I guess we can start on this side of the table here first. I'm going to ask Cody and John uh, some questions about the Texans, and then we'll flip the tables and uh, take a look at the Rams. And then at the final segment, kind of dive into some predictions and things like that. So uh, to begin... You know, I feel like the Rams fans and myself included probably don't know a lot about the Texans. They're not in the same conference, don't play each other often, obviously. So uh, when you look at this Texans team, and I think this is kind of like the overarching theme here, the team's not doing well, right? It's one in six, a lot of question marks about the roster, uh, the coaching staff in general, just things like that. When you guys look at this season, and um, I think we all expected they weren't going to compete this season, what's sort of the plan or the goal for the rest of this season and going into next season even? Well, we hear it all the time, you know, and it's kind of funny because, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people did not expect this team to be good. A lot of people did not expect this team to be competitive. As a matter of fact, a lot of people thought this was going to be the first 0-17 team uh, in NFL history. However, when you took a look at the veterans that Nick Asirio and the Texans brought in, starting with Tyrod Taylor, you know, there was always this small sense of hope where, okay, okay, this is not going to be a playoff team, but we're at least going to be competitive. And what I tell people a lot that this team would have been better if Tyrod Taylor had never got hurt. You take a look at those six quarters that he plays, starting with the win against Jacksonville Jaguars in the first half that he played against the Cleveland Browns before he went out with that hamstring injury, um, he had the Texans looking good. But after Tyrod went down, that's when things started to unravel. You threw out a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills who was not ready, and everything just took a turn for the worse. And now this is an organization that's riding a six-game losing streak. And as you saw with the trade of Mark Ingram, this is a team, even more so to go back a week before you saw the release of Whitney Merciless, this is a team that is now has embraced the rebuild, and they are now focused on a youth movement. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think, right now. When you look at this team, not really a playoff competitor. I think it's uh, safe to say that right now. But like you mentioned, Tyrod, man, this guy's a good player. I feel so bad for him. It'd be dope to get him back on the field because I think this guy's a gamer. One of the most underrated quarterbacks, in my opinion. It sucks that he's always getting hurt. But uh, to carry along on that topic, I, my next question was going to be that, you know, a lot of people look at this team as a seller. We talk about the trade deadline. I think it's on Tuesday, November the 2nd, so next week. Uh, and they always kind of prop up this trade deadline in the NFL. Like, it's going to be some big news, and it's always a disappointment. So I don't know if this season is going to be the same. Uh, we're recording this shortly after Mark Ingram got traded. Former Rams player uh, Brandon Cooks goes on Twitter, calls it BS. He looks pretty upset. That's another player that might be on the move. So, John, I guess I'll kick it over to you now. Uh, are there any players in particular that you guys have circled maybe on this roster that you guys think could be available or might be on the move coming into next week? Absolutely. I mean, immediately, let's stay. On the offensive side of the ball, 
Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's not pleased with this. Brandon Cooks, the day that they endorsed him, reworked his contract, brought him back for this upcoming year, he's been a leader in that locker room, whether it had been for Nico Collins or just a team period, going through a rough transitional time with Deshaun Watson in that situation and transitioning over to Tyrod Taylor. He's one of those vets that doesn't want to lose, right? And Houston is in a position where, some may believe it, some may not, but losing is their priority right now because losing brings better draft pick, number one, and then you're also going to give you a chance and opportunity to look at who do you have on this roster. We know what you have in Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks has really suffered in the last couple of games with the absence of Tyrod Taylor at quarterback because Davis Mills is not able to get him the ball consistently. I think he will be one of those players that will do what Whitney Merciless did. Hey, I think I want to go ahead and be released and play for a championship contender. And I think Brandon Cooks has earned his right in this league to do so. Also, Zach Cunningham, he's a player with declined snaps in the last few games. They're not really big on him. He's had on-the-field issues, to not being able to drop back further in zone defense or just miscommunication errors, whether it's off the field, showing up to practices late, not setting a good impression with his new coaching staff and general manager. Those are the two players that I look at personally circling on this roster and say they could move on uh, soon. And it wouldn't shock me if Houston is fielding calls for other players looking for the best deal possible. I don't think they're going to move on without getting something that they find worthwhile in return. But those are the main two players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that I could see moving on before this November 2nd deadline. Yeah, and it's got to be tough for Cooks, right? You look at his path throughout the NFL. I mean, this guy's played with two Hall of Famers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, goes to the Rams, they go to the Super Bowl. So not really used to this losing thing. It's got to be tough for him. But uh, I think that one makes sense for sure. Uh, You talk about, you know, some of these veterans may be on the way out. Are there any players on this roster right now that sort of makes sense to develop as younger guys? Um, Any guys in particular that you guys have circled that, you know, that stood out recently or looked like players to build, you know, around going forward throughout the next few seasons? There's only one on this roster. (laughs) This name is Jonathan Grenard, and that is a guy you guys should be able to look out for because this is a guy who's currently leading the Houston Texans in sack. I believe he's leading the team with six or six and a half. I can't remember which number is correct, but it's somewhere around that mark. And Jonathan Grenard has developed himself as he has established himself rather as a foundational piece for this Houston Texans rebuild. And look, you're talking about the Texans had, of course, with the release of JJ Watt, they have a big need to feel on that defensive line and Jonathan Gennard and in his second year he has made his case to be the guy that the Houston Texans can keep around I mean you're talking about a guy who's definitely not going anywhere I think he might be the only guy on this roster who, who would be safe and as a matter of fact the emergence of John Grenard is part of the reason why other players like a Charles Mini who has been sitting on the bench and who has had two healthy scratches in two of the last three games. This is a guy who has looked really good. Um, He's not very athletic, but this guy knows how to get by his opponent on the offensive line. Not only that, he has this move where he has like this long arm stretch that allows him to record these sacks on the quarterback. And that's something that we saw in the game against the Arizona Cardinals, how he got Kyler Murray. And I would not be surprised if he do the same thing on Sunday and get a sack on Matt Stafford as well. Yeah, I was I was hoping you brought him up because that was a guy I love coming <laughs> out of Florida. A lot of people talking about his former teammate Zuniga. I can't remember his first name now. I think it might have been Jabari. Uh, and 
I was like, man, Grenard's better. I'm telling you guys, he got good hand <laughs> usage. So not surprised that he stood out. Uh, we talked about quarterback a little bit, Tyrod Taylor. I think this is the biggest question here for the Rams when it comes to this quarterback situation, right? Uh, Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, both these guys have started games now. I think one of them has been a lot better than the other. Of course, the veteran being a little bit more worrisome if you're a defense. What's the status on him going into this week? Is he expected to play? I know he's kind of been uh, getting into the mix a little bit here. He did return to practice uh, on Wednesday, so that's good. That's positive. Uh, I think Houston, what they're doing right now is taking the slow and Cody will be able to provide a little bit more information than I probably would. But Houston is taking the slow with him. Uh, I think that hamstring issue was a little bit more uh, of an issue than they led on, especially due to Tyrod's age and his injury history. But he is back practicing. I don't foresee him playing on Sunday. I think that will be a premature move to put him back out there. His first game against the L.A. Rams, we know how good of a defensive line that is. They have 20 sacks on the year so far, which is third in the league. So they are known to getting after that quarterback. And I I don't know. How much trust do you have in that hamstring to hold up his first game back? Yeah, to piggyback off what John said, you know, there is at least a 95% chance that we will not see Tyrod Taylor on Sunday, which means Davis Mills will continue to be the starting quarterback, at least for this game. And as a matter of fact, I had an opportunity today to watch some of the Texans practice, and um, Davis Mills was taking first-team reps, and second-team reps was Jeff Driscoll. Um, Tyrod Taylor was on the opposite side of the field um, doing some light work. He, He wasn't really running around. He didn't look like the same guy that he looked like prior to the hamstring however I did had an opportunity to speak to a source and they did say his hamstring injury was a little bit more severe than what the team was letting on so you know of course that means nine times out of ten unless you know all of a sudden he feels good and he's ready to go there's a good possibility we would not see Tyrod Taylor back on Sunday I think that's good news for Rams defenders, especially on that D-line. I know there's a big difference between someone who's mobile like Tyrod, hard to get down, so you want to kind of run up some of those numbers against a guy like Davis Mills who might hold the ball a little bit too long for a rookie. Right now, in just a second here, we're going to flip the tables. John and uh, Cody are going to ask me some questions about the Rams. We'll kind of dive into some of that in just a second here. Uh, before we get there, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBZMEP, at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y, and at some sports guy. Let me tell you about two of our sponsors for today's episode. Listen, McDonald's, everyone has been there at some point in their life. Myself, usually frequent after a night of uh, some drinking, maybe the next morning. A good hangover cure, I'm telling you, is number one when it comes to this business. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet for a study group, knowing they're going to get dependable Wi-Fi and endless surprise of French fries and McFlurries. And I've said this on my podcast a couple of times, Smarties and McFlurries are the best. Smarties are something different in the U.S. They're not a candy chocolate like they are in Canada. So probably a little bit weird for you guys to hear that. But Smarties McFlurries, <laughs> goaded right there. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, the away team, everyone can get together to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to kind of rest your legs, get to refuel, get a nice snack in you. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Rams, Locked on Texans watch party? That would be dope. I'm telling you guys, go check out McDonald's. They'll take care of you. As always, I'm loving it. And our second sponsor for this segment here, you guys have heard me talk about it many times. I'm sure Locked On Texans listeners have heard you guys talk about it many times as well. If you drive a car, if you commute, a lot of you guys do like to listen to our podcast while driving. You don't have to go deal with that mechanic anymore. You go send your car in. Something's wrong with your car. You got to wait seven to 10 business days. Got to pay an outrageous amount of money, whatever the case is. 
go check out one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, so you don't have to do that old song and dance anymore. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, go check out Rock Auto. They've got every make and model that you can imagine. So if your car is brand new, 25 years old, doesn't matter. They're going to have you covered. All you have to do, just go to their website, check out their parts. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Thanks for making Locked On Texans and Rams your first listen every day. We've got you covered on all the things Texans and Rams, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss our NFL live trade deadline show. Reaction to every move, plus a second-half preview, and much more. Catch the show live from the 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. slot Eastern Time, November 2nd, on the NFL Locked On YouTube page. Welcome back in, fans and listeners of the, of the Locked On Rams and Texans. So, so I got a quick question, right? You guys are fancy now. Not the St. Louis Rams, the L.A. Rams. Everything's pretty. Everything is bold. Everything is beautiful, right? You go and bring in Matthew Stafford, who was suffering in the dungeons of Detroit for years, right? And this team looks totally better, totally different without Jared Goff back there, with Matthew Stafford, who was able to make every throw an NFL quarterback should be able to make. Is it Super Bowl or bust for this team so far this year? I think it is. I think it has to be, right? You you trade all these first-round picks. You trade, a, I think it was like a fourth-round pick as well. Um, you talk about Jared Goff, like this guy was not a great quarterback and a lot of people hate me for saying it. I just don't think he's that good to be quite honest with you. Uh, but they still had a lot of success, right? They got to the playoffs four out of five seasons. I think it was, uh, won multiple playoff games, got to a Super Bowl, won an NFC championship game. You make this move only because you think Stafford is going to be the guy to take you over the top. And I think right now, you know, the early returns are really positive. They're six and one. This offense is clicking. Uh, they're attacking defenses much differently than they were with Jared Goff, especially the last two years. The thing is, Jared Goff in 2018, a lot different player than Jared Goff right now. This guy became a captain checkdown, really boring. He's going to throw it three to five yards down the field and uh, no explosive plays, whereas Stafford now he's pushing the ball as far as any quarterback in football. A lot of explosive plays, a lot of excitement. You talk about L.A., everything's bright and big. They want to go score 70-yard touchdowns, and that's exactly what they've done right now with Stafford. So I think – when you look at it from a grand perspective, they have to be all in right now. It, it's Super Bowl or bust. They are playing in L.A. in the Super Bowl as well. So it would be pretty cool to see them obviously get to play in their home stadium. But you make this move only for one reason, and that's to be the last team standing at the end of the day. So I think that is you know the expectation right now. It's hard to say, obviously, with a lot of time left. But I think definitely um, you know when you look at it, it's got to be the expectation. Mm, you know, you, you mentioned y'all won an NFC championship game. I don't know if y'all won it. Huh? Might have been a pass <laughs> interference that helped y'all a little bit. But, you know, I, I don't want to bring that up or anything. But um, so so I, I do want to ask you this. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Matt Stafford a little bit. I, I want to ask you, you know, are you surprised that Matt Stafford actually been this good and helping the L.A. Rams turn around? Because I was one of those people who, of course, saw Matt Stafford in Detroit and said to myself, this isn't going to move the needle much for Los Angeles. I'm not you know I watch this guy I try to dive back into the tape dive into the numbers and he's always been a guy that I just liked you know you go back to the days with Calvin Johnson and guys like that and uh, Marvin Jones recently Kenny Gallery all these different players and I could just sympathize with with the situation right he's never had a great offensive line he's never had a good running game I think over the course of his career there I think he was like he had nine rushers that reached 100 plus yards in a game. That that's horrible. Over 12 years, that's not even a guy a year. The Rams do it like seven times a season. So 
no help whatsoever, right? He's had good receiver course, but other than that, it's just been bad. A lot of coaches, a lot of offensive coordinators. And so I just looked at how he played the game and, you know, there's still going to be glitches here or there. He's not Tom Brady, but I think he's as close as you can get to that elite tier without actually picking first overall or whatever the case is. So I wasn't surprised, you know, I thought he was going to fit well in this offense. It's looked pretty good so far. And this is a guy that likes to go deep and Sean McVay is not going to hold him back. I mean, they're playing way more empty right now than they've ever played. They're not playing safe under center, you know, boring five yard plays like they were with Jared Goff. They're literally trying to go for the juggler every play. So it's exciting to watch as a fan. I'm sure it's fun to watch for me too. Uh, But at the end of the day, I'm not surprised really at all. I thought he was going to be a great fit and it's been great so far. We're talking about Matthew Stafford, but let's look at the other offensive play. You guys did not have the opportunity to have Cam Akers. And I thought, you know, Akers was going to be perfect for that offense considering you got Matthew Stafford. But Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup, one of the most underrated receivers, I think, in the league, Robert Woods. What makes this offensive unit go? And what should worry Texan fans ahead of Sunday's matchup? Yeah, it's got to be Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy is just balling out of his mind right now. Uh, I looked at some of the numbers, and he's actually breaking records. I mean, I think he was the first receiver in NFL history to have uh, over 800 plus receiving yards and nine plus touchdowns throughout the first seven weeks in any year ever. So um, Stafford, I, I don't know what it is about his style of play where he just locks into a guy. It feels like he's always got that guy had Calvin Johnson back in the day. And, you know, what's funny is Stafford and Cup are actually on pace by one yard to break Calvin Johnson's single season record. I think it's like 1964 receiving yards or something absurd. So yeah. uh, I don't know if it's going to last and they are playing in 17 games now. So he kind of gets that advantage there, but It begins with Cooper Cup. I mean, the guy's unguardable. I don't even know how you stop him. You can't really bracket him because then you're going to be playing a man down essentially on defense. So your best bet is to just hope that he's not going to beat you over the top. He's had a lot of those explosive 15-plus yard plays, and that's really where it begins. And, you know, their connection's been really strong. But you look at some of the other weapons that you mentioned, and Robert Woods, really perennially underrated receiver there. Tyler Higby, the tight end, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson. There's just a lot of weapons for this offense, and I think – you know, that's something that they really wanted to do this offseason was get more explosive and have a lot of weapons just in case, you know, things happen in terms of injuries and just have a lot of different guys that can win on all levels of the field. So I don't really know how you stop it. Uh, I, I think the best hope is to kind of just hope that, you know, you can apply some pressure in the pocket. But at the end of the day, the Rams offensive line have been arguably the best in the NFL, too. So uh, the offense has just been really, really good. And it really all runs through Cooper Cup right now. I mm-hmm. would want to say this two things. That offensive line looks like the- uh, Super Bowl run offensive line. And that was when that offense was, you know, purely entertaining and just points, points, points. I also would like to say Cooper Cup was a part of that, you know, meeting where they had to swoo Matthew Stafford. I think Cooper Cup was in their room. So those guys probably have some type of uh, connection due to him saying, hey, come on, come play football in L.A. It's much prettier than Detroit. You ain't got to worry about a stinky franchise. We're actually doing something different. So I can see why the connection is working out so well. Hey, so, so um, looking at the defensive side of the ball, I do want to touch on Jalen Ramsey. You know, that is actually a guy Houston Texans fans are familiar with, but I don't think we had an opportunity to see him over the last two seasons after he was traded. Yeah. He's uh he's special. I mean, you watch this guy and I just think he does things that no other corner in the NFL can do. I mean, he's big, he's long, he's physical, he's strong, he's fast. Uh, He's smart and uh, he's not going to let anyone bully him out there. I know, you know, he's had some fights back then with the Jacksonville Jaguars and things like that. AJ Green, whatever they're getting into it, but he's been a lot more level-headed with the Rams. I'd say, you know, he's not really losing his cool out there. You still see that physicality. He's going to run his mouth a little bit. You'd love to see it too, but 
Uh, the guy's just special, man. He can play in off coverage. He can play zone coverage. He can play press man. Uh, last year, they used him pretty much exclusively in a shadow type situation. He was locking up everyone from DK Metcalf to DeAndre Hopkins to all the best receivers in football to this season. It's kind of been a little bit more varied, the usage. I don't know. The secondary has just not been as good. And they do have a new D coordinator. So maybe that's why they went from Brandon Steely last year, who's now with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, the head coach there, to Raheem Morris, who runs a little bit of a different system, maybe a little bit more single high coverage, uh, cover three, cover one type of stuff, as opposed to quarters and, you know, two high type stuff. So a little bit different. And they'd like to use him in the slot a lot and bring him in on blitzes, things like that. They're trying to be creative with him. And I like that, you know, because this guy's just so good. You want him around the football as much as possible. But at the same time, I feel like you're trying to be a little bit too creative where you just sometimes want to plug him on, you know, the best receiver and just say, get him out of this game. Like, take this guy out of this game. That's his most value to your defense. Sometimes get a little too uh, excited, too creative, bring him in on some of these weird blitzes and things like that where you're taking your best coverage player out of his best position. So don't love that, but I still think they're trying to find that happy medium between you know, where can we use this guy all the time? He's the best corner in football. We want him in his most valuable position. And so, you know, in terms of his coverage, I think he's been great. You come off that game last week, he allowed uh, outside of one screen. I mean, it was three receptions for 10 yards in a whole game. So the guy's pretty damn good. So you mentioned A.J. Green. He's with the Cardinals now. The Packers look good ever since their week one debacle against the Saints. You know, how much are those other teams a threat? You lost to the Cardinals the first game. You got to play them again. Haven't played the Packers yet. Who they got some players on uh, the COVID list, so I'm pretty sure this Sunday's matchup would be kind of difficult. But you guys versus everybody else that matters in this conference. It seems to be Rams, Cardinals, Packers. You know how serious are they compared to those other two franchises? Yeah, the NFC looks way tougher than the AFC right now, I would say. So when you take a step back, you know, you didn't even mention Tampa. And I'm sure a lot of people probably put their Yeah. Right. I'm sure a lot of people put their money down on Tampa, right? If they had to bet. So um it's kind of confusing, you know, who's gonna be the last team standing. The Rams did beat Tampa already and kind of dominated them, but we all know things change throughout the year. Um uh, then you look at Arizona, you know, you mentioned it. They lost to Arizona and that was at home. So now this next time they gotta go to Arizona to try to knock them off. They're seven and zero undefeated. And Arizona and Green Bay play each other on, on Thursday night. So it doesn't look good for Green Bay, like you mentioned, some guys on COVID and things like that. So we don't know who's going to play. But get to get a bit of a better gauge in terms of, you know, where those two teams stand, the Cards and the Packers. Maybe if one blows one out, you know, they might be the head of the NFC. But I think the Rams are right, right in the mix there. You know, you look at this team, they are as complete as any team. Uh, right now, it's hard to say that the Cardinals are not the best team just because of their record and the way they played. But I don't know. Something just doesn't want me to buy in. You know, these guys don't have a lot of experience. They've never really had, you know, a bunch of guys go to the playoffs. I mean, this team's been bad for like four or five years now, so they don't have much experience. I don't know how they're going to handle December, January football when we get there. I think the the nod still kind of has to go in that Green Bay Packers, Rams, Bucks kind of direction, just because these teams do have a lot of experience in the playoffs. But uh, it's going to be a tight race for sure at the end of the year. And we know, you know, oftentimes whoever's the most healthy is going to be the best team. So, Long season still remaining, but I think the Rams are definitely right in the mix with those teams. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about the prediction for Sunday's matchup against the Rams and the Houston Texans, which we will have coming up next. Don't go anywhere locked on Texans and locked on Rams fans. Now we get down to what really matters. Sunday's matchup. And talking about some of these predictions, I mean, if you guys want to get in on the action, you've heard me talk about it many times on this podcast. I'm sure Cody and uh, John have talked about it many times as well. You can go check out betonline.ag, one of our sponsors for this episode. They're going to keep you covered for all your college and pro football action this season. 
they are your number one spot. I mean, why would you go anywhere else? They've got all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 survivor contest, which are both open now at Bet Online. You can go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football to basketball to boxing to horse racing. Listen, we're not judging. If you want to bet on horse racing, it's all good. I'm sure it's fun when there's money down. Don't wait. Take advantage of all your favorite sports and all the great offers available for the 2021 season right now at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now, fellas, just before we dive into this, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams and Locked On Texans. For your second daily listen, make sure to go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show these guys are going to break down every major NFL news story every day in under 30 minutes, entirely free, wherever you get your podcasts. Now we can dive into the juicy part. All right. Everyone's always wanting to listen to these predictions. What's the score going to be? Who's going to win? What's going to happen? All right. So I'll hand it over to you guys first, um, depending on how you guys want to do it. Maybe, you know, maybe a matchup to watch or what you expect to happen in this game, a prediction. And then we'll kind of wrap it up with me. I'll kick it over to you guys. What do you guys think? So I like to start off with this. Right now, one thing the Rams are really good at as a team is takeaways. They have 12 takeaways on the season so far. And so I do look at that being an advantage for you guys simply because we've had issues with holding on to the ball, whether it be fumbles or more so interceptions with our quarterback. One game, David Smooth had four interceptions alone. So I think that's an area where we give the nod over to the Rams. Now, a matchup that Houston could and should favor is Brandon Cooks versus Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey has traditionally had issues with smaller and shiftier receivers. We all remember the kick returner, uh, special teams player, the comment remark that he had to Tyreek Hill. And then we also saw what Tyreek Hill was able to do to him uh, shortly after. So I think that's an area where Houston should exploit Cooks versus Ramsey. But overall, I think this is too good of a team. Matthew Stafford's playing high level. Cooper Cup is playing at a high level. Every now and then, Vance Jefferson, he comes in and plays at a high level. Of course, Aaron Donald is unblockable because we've already had our issues interiorly, and he's just unblockable, period. I'm going to whirl with the Rams uh, 30-6. to six. <laughs> um, That little tidbit that John shared is a little bit more hopeful than me. I don't think there's not one aspect that the Texans can exploit, Um, even with Brandon Cooks. I mean, look, he started the season off really strong. I believe he started the year. He was like top five in receivings. But over the last couple of weeks, um, defense has been able to put him in a box. And there's nobody the Texans can use as a decoy in order to help Brandon Cooks go out there and get his numbers. Plus, once again, you rode him with a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills, who has not looked so good over the last few games. And then on top of that, the Texans offensive line has been horrendous due to the injuries that they have had. I mean, Laramie Tunsil isn't going to be there. Um, Justin Briggs a little bit banged up. You have issues going on with Titus Howard. Um, he wants to go back to right guard. They still have him at left guard. So, you know, with that being said, and going up against Aaron Donald, who was what, no lower than the second best offensive lineman, only behind a healthy J.J. Watt over the last decade, man, the Texans have no hope. I'm going 38-3 to Rams. Oh, my goodness. That, that's a big which, spread. Which would be in, you know, Houston's <laughs> MO right now. They've only been able to score eight points in the last 
two games combined. Yeah. So. And by the way, I, I want to throw this out there. This might be the worst game we see from the Texans because following the trade of Mark Ingram, this does not look like a locker room that's together anymore. Yeah, you so see it from, from Brandon Cooks on Twitter, right? This guy looks like he's about to lobby his way out of town too. So you know, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. But it's funny you mentioned that, Cody, because I forgot Justin Britt did play for the Texans and uh, for Rams fans that might kind of ring a bell there. Aaron Donald tried to knock this guy's head off when he used to play for Seattle. They literally got in a fight <laughs> one time, and he, he was the player that Aaron Donald tossed his lid back on after the game. They had their pads off. He ran to the middle of the field to try to fight him. So uh, I don't know what happened. That was great. He, he put his helmet back on him. <laughs> <one time. laughs> I remember oh. that. <laughs> yeah, he may have some juiciness on Sunday, something a side show from the game to look forward to. If he That's plays. right, yeah. Maybe not the prediction that, you know, Texas fans want to watch, but there might be something to watch outside of that. And Jalen Ramsey, anytime this guy's playing, you guys obviously in the same division as the Jaguars, just a lot of, you know, potential beef there from many years ago too. So I'm also going to lean with the Rams. You know, I just think they're way better right now. They're obviously running hot too. No surprise. <laughs> no, no surprise here. I'm going to say 34 to uh, 7. I feel like the Rams kind of play a little bit passive on defense. They always get in these shells where they feel so comfortable. They kind of knock everyone back and just let teams kind of dink and dunk their way up the field. Um, but I do think they, they should have a good game. So ultimately, I think the Rams are going to take this one. You know, it's going to be an interesting game either way. Texas fans kind of bracing for the future. Rams fans hoping for what should be, you know, a deep playoff run. I think everyone's uh, kind of got their fingers crossed for that. So you guys can always listen to all of us on Locked on Texans, Locked on Rams. Thank you guys for always listening and making us your first daily listen. Shout out Cody and John for joining me. It's been a fun one. Uh, good luck the rest of the season, fellas. I don't know that there's going to be that much to look forward to, unfortunately. <laughs> For you guys, make sure to tune back in throughout the rest of this week as well as next week when we dive into whatever's left this week and then recap this game next week. Enjoy this game. Have fun. And uh, hopefully everyone stays healthy. Hopefully. And the Texans are 14 and a half point underdogs. So <laughs> uh, I guess people will be taking their bet. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman of the Locked On Texans. I had a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to Sunday's matchup. And I'm Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Houston, keep your head up. Hopefully we have better days to come. <laughs> Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.